0: My name is Nate Phillips, and I am the champion of JIW. After our debut episode of season four, took the world by storm. The high, yeah, that's right, the highest rated premiere in JICN history, and it's all because of me. And this is my confidant the man closest to me hit him with a little bit of that bubbly buckles check us out on journey into wrestling where the podfather and I run down everything from the bingo halls to the brightest delights if it's in between the ropes it's on journey into wrestling every other Wednesday on the journey into comics network what on earth is that IT'S A JOURNEY INTO COMICS NETWORK PRODUCTION! Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to episode 56 of Poor 360. As always, I am your host, Andrew and I thank you for joining me here on this Tuesday... Now, as I am recording this, I will uh I do not have the Iowa caucus results yet. It is uh the polls just closed. Um but hopefully by the time we get to the end of the episode, I can have some updates there, so we're going to hold off on that just a little bit. But since this past episode since 55, we, a couple big things have happened. Uh obviously we had the Super Bowl and then we also had the Iowa caucus. We're going to talk about a little bit about both of those today. Um also the commercials which for the most part, in my opinion, are the better of the of the sh- of the the whole performance thing. I'm sorry, I'm a little fuzzy. I just got done watching uh, Marriage Story with My Wife, which is a Netflix film directed by Noah Baumbach, uh, starring Adam Driver and Scarlett Johansson, uh, about a couple going through a divorce and the trials and tribulations of that. It definitely wasn't my favorite of the best picture films. Um, I could see its merits, but it just didn't resonate with me, maybe I'm just not at that stage. Maybe people who have experience with divorce or maybe just a different stage of their life might take more from it. It just just wasn't my thing. But I did like the performances that both actors gave. So, um check it out. It's on Netflix, so it's, if you already have a Netflix subscription, it's free to watch. Um, and then my goal is to try and watch uh, The Irishman, which is obviously a three-and-a-half-hour film. But as a great cast, I'm hoping to watch that before the Oscars, which are this coming Sunday, which is exciting. So that'll be good to finally see how this all goes, how it all wraps up. I know this is going to be kind of a polar opposite from what you guys just listened to if you listened to GIC yesterday, which was um, kind of a, 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 a raucous thing. I know I was listening to it this morning or uh, yesterday morning as I'm recording this. Um, that We got to see um, got to see a lot of... Uh, personal favorites all in a room together playing some cards against humanity which is a fun game to play and it looked like it was a blast to be there i unfortunately couldn't be there but definitely was there in spirit and hopefully at the next big network event i'll be uh, a present part of it so definitely uh shout out to those guys so if you want to laugh i know i laughed a lot while i was at work or not tried not to laugh out loud because when it's really quiet and someone just laughs randomly it's a little uh, unsettling so But I enjoyed that uh, immensely, just going to listen to that. It's uh, it's always fun to to, to hear your friends kind of uh, doing something fun. And that kind of brings us to uh, this week's show. I did tease a little bit on Facebook that we're going to talk about the Super Bowl, about the Iowa caucus, and then kind of about my unpopular opinions. Um, I do need to kind of sit down, and I want to kind of flesh out my unpopular opinions before with more of my reasoning, so I can list off a few of how my personal feelings about uh, political things, uh, religious things, um, societal things, all of that. But I think I'm going to save that, and that's going to be um, followed up on, on next week's show. I think if I'm uh, able to get it all on paper this week, that it'll be able to be the whole topic for next week. So definitely stay tuned for that. But let's jump right in. Um, before I talk about the Super Bowl itself, the game, I'm going to talk about the uh, all the the commercials we saw which is um for a lot of people it's the biggest part i enjoyed a lot of them so um let's jump right in this is from uh someone has went through and kind of listed them all out and their personal best and worst i'll see if i liked it or disliked it based on list but it gives us kind of a short description i'll kind of say what's going on there uh, as a precursor this is what they had to say so as it's collectively re- as if collectively responding to a moment of partisan politics and settling news, the bulk of the Super commercials leaned heavily towards the playful and silly. Sorry, I have a cat. who I get to see the arms reaching under the door like they're trying to get me or get into the room? Which is not going to happen. So, the hoopless running Super Bowl spots fueled by the report to 5.6 million that advertisers shelled out for the most expensive 30-second ads foster huge expectations of the lingering question of whether the investment has paid off. Was there a commercial that people would still be talking about years from now like Apple's 1984 and or Coke's Mean Joe Green commercial? Probably not, and the so ads outnumber the clear winners and losers. Too many of this year's advertisers seemed to confuse activity for achievement and if being loud and colorful was enough. Still none of them played quite well, and in this moment, generally speaking, most avoided the missteps that have characterized some past disasters. So movie ads flexed their muscles with in-game spots for the latest Fast and Furious movie and other minions, Marvel's Black Widow, and the next James Bond film, No Time to Die... This remains a prime showcase for films that really know how to blow stuff up. Streaming services, however, also had a sizable footprint during the game—a tangible sign of the entertainment industry's shifting priorities. Hulu, for example, enlisted Tom Brady. to Disney Plus offered an arresting showcase for its upcoming series. Amazon pushed the drama Hunters, and Quibi or Quibi sought to sell its short video service. Although, frankly, doesn't feel like the catchphrase "I'll be there on a Quibi" is going to catch on. So inside their political ads for President Trump, Michael Bloomberg. How well these pitches worked is likely very much in the partisan eye of the beholder. Um, So this is what they said are the winners, losers, and the kind of the worth mentioning but not great or terrible. So uh, the Genesis commercial, uh, which was an ad that featured uh, John Legend and Chrissy Teigen in like this kind of swanky party, and then they wanted to bring it like new, and then it showed. Chrissy Teigen, who is John Legend's wife, like, have him show up, and then... Yeah, it was... There's a little Sex a live reference. It wasn't my thing. I don't think it was a winner for me, but it wasn't my thing. The next up was a commercial that I personally really enjoyed, and because they filmed it not super far from where I live, I thought that was kind of fun to so they just filmed that, like, last week, so they really turned that on quick. So it was the Jeep commercial with Bill Murray that was basically the, a Groundhog Day... Uh, skit. So it reunited uh, Stephen Tobolowsky, um, Bill Murray's brother, um, as the like the mayor, and it, they did a lot of the stuff from the movie. They filmed it in Woodstock, Illinois, which where they filmed the original film. And the Jeep looked kind of interesting. I don't know how I feel about a Jeep with a truck bed, but uh, the commercial was definitely enjoyable. Um, next up, they had the Amazon Alexa commercial, which featured uh, Ellen DeGeneres and Portia de Rossi. Um, talking about Alexa and how it goes, uh, through time, including, like, little hint at Watergate, uh, about, like, people calling for a variation of Alexa, which I thought was kind of interesting. It was cute, but it, it was, it was just okay. Uh, the Google one, um, definitely, which featured, um, kind of a guy trying to remember things, so it's, like, Google remind me of this, and it's, like, pictures, and, things she likes. So it looks like his wife had passed and he was just telling these things to remind him of her and it was really sweet and it definitely uh gave off some like up vibes. So definitely um the Hyundai Sonata's uh smart park was the uh the thing involving um some Boston people, Chris Evans, John Krasinski and Rachel Dratch. Um I think it was hilarious the the Smart Park which is how like Boston's they don't say the R's so it's all like at So, I thought that was pretty funny. I saw it ahead of time, but still enjoyed it. Uh, Doritos commercial, which was, um, featured Sam Elliott, which is, like, the, I feel like has the most iconic voice in, like, a Western drawl, um, versus Little Nas X, which is that country rapper who came famous for Old Town Road. It's basically them having, like, a face-off and it, dancing and weird, and there was a must- it was- it was enjoyable, I laughed, um. The Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans one, which featured um, a lot of cool effects, featuring a Jason Momoa, like how we know him, like this big, uh, muscular dude to like, shed his height, his weight, and his hair during the course of the skit. Uh, I got to watch the making of uh, after the fact. I thought that was really funny, so enjoyed that. Um, Walmart did their um, their like delivery thing, where like a lot of vehicles show up to get groceries and. Um, so we saw like, uh, I think it's, I always get them backwards from Bill and Ted, but the, uh, the, the blonde one, the, the shorter one, not the Keanu Reeves one, the other kid, uh, with, like his older self and his younger self, kind of teasing the film. We saw, uh, like, Mars Attacks and a couple other, um, so, like, the pug from Men in Black. There was a lot of cool things in there. I thought that was kind of nice. Um... I don't. The Toyota Highlander commercial. It said it cleverly used uh, rescue people from perilous movie situations. I don't remember this commercial, so I must have missed it. Um, I don't remember the T-Mobile Anthony Anderson commercial. I, I should. So this is. I missed the f- commercials of the fourth quarter. I was driving, so I wasn't actively listening to the, all that. Um, so I've also missed the Microsoft commercial. So uh, the ones that were losers was the Planters commercial. I know this was a whole thing. I talked about it previously on the whole ad stuff involving tragedy and how planters had to kind of retool their ad campaign and they still did it, but they didn't show like the, the crash part of it because they didn't want to do the whole uh, crash explosion thing. And in the wake of Kobe Bryant's uh, untimely passing. Um, So they still did like the funeral with like a bunch of uh, advertising mascots like um, the Kool-Aid man and Mr. Clean. And then you had, uh, Wesley Snipes and the actor from Veep, and it was just um, and then it showed like they were burying him, and then like the kool Aid Man tear grows a new peanut plant, and then a baby Mister Peanut pops out with a little top hat and um has the same adult voice. So I think it's and then it's like a baby nut, which I think it's like kind of like baby Groot and baby Yoda and all that. So I don't know. It's seemed interesting. I thought it was funny, but eh. um. I don't know if I remember the Giant Snickers Bar commercial. Um. I don't remember the uh, Sabra Hummus commercial. The Obtellas from Mexico, I thought it was funny. It was like a big, um, something much random merch. Um. I think the most innovative one was the Mountain Dew commercial where Brian Cranston was playing, um, Jack Torrance, um. And doing the whole thing, and Mountain Dew, who's the little twin girls, and I, I thought that was funny. Kind of ties in with um, the Doctor Sleep film, which is going to be coming out on home video, so you can get on, not only get on stream, but you can probably download it on iTunes or whatever. Uh, that's coming out, I think, now? Might be out this week on DVD and Blu-ray. Um, the Michelob Ultra commercial with Jimmy Fallon, working out with John Cena was, was just fine, but Jimmy Fallon's not usually my kind of humor. I right? usually... Um, Budweiser was kind of so so. There wasn't any of the the Clydesdale, so I was like, eh, okay. Um, Facebook one was okay. The Bud Light Seltzer one with um, I like how the the see, didn't know that it was um, Post Malone was the kid. About drinking Bud Light seltzer. Um, the Tide one was getting kind of annoying. It had Charlie Day um, get a. Oh, hold on! Before I get that, I actually tried one of the Bud Light seltzers. It's okay. I had the lemon lime one, and it kind of tastes like a like a Sprite. It didn't really taste like alcohol to me. Probably a good thing, I guess. I don't know. Uh, the Charlie Day Tide commercial that kind of interjected into like a Bud Light commercial and a Wonder Woman commercial was just. Overplayed. He also popped up in a uh, kind of a teaser for Mass Singer. I, I don't know. Um. Procter and Gamble did a, a interactive multi-brand ad that I kind of missed. The Soda Stream was kind of funny because it was up finding uh, water on Mars, and then they used it in a in a Soda Stream. Eh. Uh, I don't remember the Pepsi one. The Winona Ryder Squarespace commercial in Winona, Minnesota, I thought was pretty funny. It was... Yeah. Um, Cheetos using the Can't Touch This was pretty funny. Um, The Michael Bay Hard Rock, I think, was also pretty intense. Uh, Also featured Jennifer Lopez, who was the uh, halftime show singer, who uh, I thought did a great job. Um, Her and Shakira kind of, I think, were one of the better-performed halftime shows in a while. Um, I enjoyed it. They did a lot of, like, classic songs that I remember. Um, Definitely a lot of dancing and definitely don't look anywhere close to the age they are, and that's kind of what celebrity can do for you. But that was kind of the commercials and a little bit on the halftime show. I came late to Super Bowl, so I missed the... The National Anthem, so I don't know how Demi Lotto did. Apparently that was good as well. Um, okay, let's see what else we got. Um, I guess transitioning, we're going to hold off on the caucus results. I saw that some of them would come in, but we'll check in a little bit just with the early results to see how that was. Um, but what we have so far with... Um, this is from ESPN about the Super Bowl 54, uh, about Andy Reid, who's the Chiefs head coach, talking about how the Chiefs came back and uh, in the fourth quarter and really kind of changed the game. So, so Super Bowl 54 was decided by two third downs. The, fate, the first was the absolute nadir of Kansas City's hopes when ESPN estimates that Chiefs held just a 3.9% chance of winning their first title in 50 years, facing a third and 15 with 7.13 to go in the fourth quarter, down 20 to 10. He certainly needed a big play from Patrick Mahomes, who had thrown his second interception of the game on the prior drive. Bunting the ball back to the 49ers might have left San Francisco bleeding the clock and produced a game-killing touchdown. Instead, Mahomes hit Tyreek Hill on a 44-yard bomb as the Chiefs dialed up the play that he hit for a big game on the 3rd and 15 in last year's AFC Championship game against the Patriots. Sorry, I drink a little bit of water. Getting a little dried out. After scoring a much touchdown on their first six drives, the Chiefs woke up and scored a touchdown on that drive, and the following one in the course of twelve offensive plays, they went from traveling twenty ten with a win expectancy of three point nine percent to leading twenty four twenty with a win expectancy of seventy seven point seven percent. After nearly collapsing, they with the first team in Super Bowl history to score twenty one points on offense in the fourth quarter. I'm sorry, the fourth quarter. I sorry the 4th quarter i do not know. Why I said forced. On the fourth quarter, they only needed half of the quarter to do it. The key third down came on the subsequent 49ers drive. It would be easy to say the 49ers were shell-shocked after blowing their lead. The Whigs picked up 41 yards on three offensive plays to move the ball into Kansas City territory. On a third and 10 with a 1-40 to go, Jim Garoppolo tried to win the game. Kyle Shanahan dialed up what is known as a Mills concept, named after the early 90s Florida receiver who cut a serious touch on passes the deep post receiver under Steve Spurrier, who, pop- who popularized the route combination in his offense called for Kendrick Bourne to run a crossing route and Emmanuel Sanders to run a deep post. While Sanders appeared to be a double covered on routes, breaking to either side at the stick, Uh, Garoppolo saw that either defender had any leverage to defend against the deep post. Some quarterbacks might have gone to the underneath read and tried to work to a seemingly open Bourne, but Garoppolo correctly saw that Sanders was going to come open and took a shot to win the game and threw before Sanders was even out of his break. The veteran wideout got a step and a half on the coverage, but Garoppolo missed the throw that would have defined his life by two yards. With Zorbo's only coming down to two deep passes on a third and long, it really feels that the Chiefs won this game 31-20. Anyone who isn't directly related to Garoppolo would take Mahomes to complete one deep pass with the game on the line over his rival from San Francisco. The reason the game came down to two deep passes, though, as much as this isn't each coach made going into the situation. Part of the reason the Chiefs won Sunday was that Mahomes was better in a big moment than Garoppolo. Even bigger reason was that Andy Reid managed his game far better than Shanahan did. Um, So, we're not to blame Shanahan? So, Shanahan did it again. He just didn't do it the way you think. After his Falcons famously blew a 28-3 lead in the second half of Super Bowl 51 against the Patriots, the highly regarded play caller took some criticism for not running the ball enough to try to bleed the clock. On Sunday, Shanahan's 49ers held a 20-10 lead in the fourth quarter and called 13 pass plays against just four runs, with Garbo going 3 of 11 for 36 yards with an interception fourth down sack. Samuel Chan, right? I'm not sure. Let's start by going play-by-play through these decisions in the fourth quarter to try to see whether Shanahan made obvious mistakes. So the 49ers were leading 20-10. First and 10, San Francisco at 11:57 to go in the fourth quarter. Raheem uh runs for six yards. Four run power for six yards. Everyone likes that. Uh, second and fourth, San Francisco's 26 with 11, 18 to go. Garoppolo hits George Kittle for 12 yards. Shannon uses uh, ghost motion and fake end around to create a throwing lane over the middle of Kittle for a first down. This is exactly what the Four Niners do best. Nobody's complaining about this pass. Groppolo at this point is 9 of 10 for 106 yards in the second half. He goes 2, for, two of 10 for 24 yards and an interception the rest of the way. Um, first and ten San Francisco 38 10.37 to go Mossert runs for one year. the 49 try to run power again and it gets blown up at the line of scrimmage for a modest gain second and nine San Francisco 39 9.52 to go an incomplete pass to Debo Samuel is this a situation in which the 49ers could have run it's possible but second and nine is a terrible time to run if you want to pick up a first down Reed in fact was being criticized during this game for running so frequently on second and long Shannon might have sent in a run here, but Grappolo killed the play that was called at the line and went to pass. Pressure Mance Hitchens caused Grappolo to sail his throw to Samuel, but Grappolo also had a wide-open born in the flat, never got there in his progression. Um, third and nine, service go 39, 9.47 to go. Joe Staley picks up a false start. Oops. Third and 14, service go 34, 9.47 to go. Grappolo scrambles for three yards. No one would criticize Shannon for calling a pass on third and long. Under any circumstance, the clock just as much. Anyways, Scrapalo scrambled. For Niners lead 2017, first and 10. San Francisco are 20, 6-6 to go. Motsert uh, Mozart runs for five yards. For Niners run a pin-pull sweep with Mozart. He nearly turns upfield for a bigger game. But after center, Ben Garland knocks Derek Nandi. So if right to the side. Nandi goes to a knee to stop sliding and then trips to Mozart up. The Niners are doing exactly what America wants. Um And it kind of goes on from there. I'm not going to go through all of it. There's a lot in the final seconds. Um, So the mistake Shannon made that really hurt the front were earlier in the game I wrote about um, his conservative decision-making on fourth down during the playoffs. And, yeah, so let's kind of see what happens here. It really just kind of breaks down the fact that... um, Seems like the Flyers just kind of got cocky in that fourth quarter and just weren't prepared for the, the turn and it just kind of went down and we saw Andy Reid, finally get his win. We saw the Kansas City Chiefs from Kansas City, Missouri, not Kansas. So, that happened. I don't want to spend too much time talking about that, but it is interesting how. Uh, a tweet came out uh, late Sunday night or late at the end of the game congratulating the great state of Kansas on the win um, from their team even though the Kansas City Chiefs are famous not famously not from Kansas but they are not from Kansas they are from Kansas City Missouri so that that got fixed it was kind of interesting, but that all got resolved, uh, Trump corrected his tweets, and then it, as usual, but anything posted on the internet, it is forever, so, we saw that, and, um, Patrick Mahomes was made, um, a, uh, was the MVP, got to say he's going to Disneyland, or Disney World, whatever Disney goes to, and it was good for him. And I did, what I didn't know about this is that he was actually picked for the MLB draft. So he almost was a baseball player, which I find kind of interesting in hindsight. But, yeah, that was kind of interesting thing to find out. Um, where that leaves us now, um, got some updated polling. Um, I'm going to wait. It says next update's going to be in five seconds. So obviously these are still... Very premature. We're not gonna have any firm numbers until much later. Oh, it, it started over again. Five, four, three, two, one. Oh, all right. So as of 8:41 p.m. Central Time, uh the Iowa Caucus has the following uh, placements. This is still really early vote. Like this is hundreds of votes as opposed to thousands or more votes. So. I will probably put an update out much later um, in the uh, in the time when they actually get like the percent. So, looks like where we're standing right now is that Buttigieg is in the lead um, with twenty-six point nine percent of the vote, followed closely by Sanders with twenty-four point four percent of the vote. Um, Sorry, not 20... Sorry, it's 26.9% for Sanders. This is in the final vote compared to the first vote. So we have 26.9% of the vote for Buttigieg, 23.9% for Sanders, 19.5% for Biden, 15.1% for Warren, 14.3% for Globuchar, and then everyone else is trailing behind with uh, small margins. Um, Uncommitted was point seven percent they actually have yang um i don't know why he's listed under uncommitted but he's at he has three percent of the vote so doing better than styer and blue mergen gabbard and bennett and patrick and delaney and all the rest of them below the pack so yeah so it's really gonna be um still really too soon to even make any claim but it's uh it just early lead followed by sanders and everyone else is kind of holding on behind him. um so we'll see. we will kind of see... Because I know after this caucus, we're going to see some more people dropping out. Obviously, Bloomberg paid big money for a Super Bowl ad, and I it's definitely not going to help him here in Iowa, but I think he's already planning past it. So we'll have to see how all this shakes out. But, yeah, let's see. Another update in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. We'll see any shifts. Nope, no shifts yet. So, yeah, still... Still very early. Uh, let's see if there's any... Why well, have you guys listening? Let's see if there's any updated results not from... Yeah, it's still 0% reporting. Um, they will say that um, on the Republican side with 65% reporting, Donald Trump has 97% of the vote, which... It's Iowa. He's the incumbent... I've not heard of his of his competitors, Bill Weld and Joe Walsh, who have a very small percentage of the vote. 1.3 and 1.2. And then 0.5 for probably random write-ins. But uh, Trump had this locked up. There was there was no chance uh, otherwise. And um, let's see if we have any other live updates to share. Um, there's not really any new updates. So yeah, we'll uh, we might just leave it there, and I'll uh, obviously before this episode drops, um, and I put it out on the socials, it'll uh, I'll know the results, and I'll put that in the tag at the top. Um, but you should uh, have that info before then. So, but I think that'll kind of wrap up today's episode. It's kind of short and sweet, and like I said, next week's episode, we'll probably touch on a few things, but the main thing will be on my unpopular opinions, um, whether it's on a minimum. Uh, Where minimum wage should be, um... Political views, all of that stuff. And we'll just kind of get... Kind of break down my uh, feelings on it and... Find some common ground there. But... I think that'll do it for episode 56 of Poor 360. I have been your host, Andrew Poor, And I want to thank you guys for another great episode. Any thoughts, feedback, comments, please reach out to me on my socials. Uh, I'd love to hear from you. I'd love to incorporate any ideas you have. Um... There's definitely some changes coming on the show and on the network in the coming weeks. So definitely uh, keep sticking around for that. But that will do it. So definitely keep active, keep interested, keep looking into news and information. And that's how we can become better as a people. So, yeah, enjoy the rest of your week, guys.